And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Pursuing Purpose, the podcast. Hey everyone, my name is Monique C. Basin, and I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of Pursuing Purpose, the podcast. In this episode, I interviewed a very good friend of mine, Dr. Shanae L. Gilbert. Now, I first met Dr. Gilbert when I was a student teacher, and she was my supervising teacher when I was at Clark Atlanta University. After graduating from college, she later became a colleague of mine, and we later became friends. But it was during her experience as a classroom teacher that she discovered her purpose and her calling as a children's book author and a grief specialist. She has an amazing story and she is very passionate about the work that she does. And so I wanted to explore that in this episode. Let's take a listen. Dr. Gilbert, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to meet with me today. I wanna to first start out with this question. Tell me more about your Christian upbringing. Who was the person who introduced you to God? How did your faith in God begin? And you can also tell me more about your upbringing in terms of church attendance, church involvement, that sort of thing. Monique, thank you for having me. I thought long and hard about this question. And I would have to say my introduction into Christian faith began with my paternal grandmother, Arisa Gilbert. May she rest in peace. Vigils called all times of the day and night for her and my grandfather to pray over them. Also, as a baby, um, she believed in healing. My grandmother had the gift of healing, and so I had an Audi. An Audi is an outward navel. And she would tape a quarter to my navel and pray over it. And so by the time my mother or my father picked me up, I have a greasy forehead and a greasy stomach because <laughs> she would have laid hands on um, my forehead, my stomach, and also as a baby, I had to wear a brace because I was pigeon-toed, and so I wore a brace to correct my legs, and she would often lay hands on my legs as well. So I believe my uh, grandmother uh, introduced me into the Christian faith first and foremost. Also, my mother, um, her denomination was AME, but when she moved to Miami to go to college, and met my dad, she became Baptist. So that was my dad's uh, denomination, and my grandparents' denomination was Baptist. And at the age of three is when we started going to the family church, and my mother became involved. Uh, she also played the piano. She also was one of the choir directors. She had my brother and I in uh, BTU. Uh, we participated in the uh, different committees for preteens. I was with the um, Orchids. My brother was with the uh, Young Christian Gentlemen, I believe. Uh, we participated in the Young Adult Choir. We were on the Usher Board. So we were very involved with church. Uh, my mother had us very involved with church. But I would have to say that my Christian upbringing began with my grandmother. And my mother also kept that um, at the forefront of us serving God and being active. Okay, wow, that's, that's a lot. It sounds like you went church quite a bit. <laughs> so tell me, Dr. Gilbert, where are you originally from and what is your educational and professional background? I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, 
And my educational background, my Bachelor of Science is in elementary education. My Master of, of Arts is in adult education. I have an EDS, which is an education specialist in curriculum and instruction. And my terminal degree, my EDD, is in organizational leadership. My professional background is pretty much in education. I am an educator with 20 plus years of experience. I did 13 years in the classroom and I've done the last eight years in higher ed on the college level. So my next question for you is, when did you first realize your God-given purpose and how did you come to realizing that? And also, I want to ask you to tell me more about your story behind how you came up with Mama Did You Mean to Leave So Soon? Because I know that it ties in with you discovering your God-given purpose. So my first realization of my God-given purpose was back in 2007. I was teaching fourth grade this particular year, and it was these three male students that kept acting out in my class. I'm every day just acting out. And as a teacher, you know that you can have the most elaborate lesson plans, but if you don't have classroom management, you cannot teach. So I would often have to stop my lesson and redirect them to get back on task. Well, I was fed up. And so I decided to conference with their caretakers. And that's when I discovered that one of my students, mom died giving birth to him. And he was making up his own stories because he was never told that. Uh, he was being raised by his grandmother at the time and his dad was incarcerated. Now he knew that but they never told him about his mom. So he made up his own stories. He kept drawing these angry faces. Uh, my other student had a family member, an uncle that was on drugs. And while they traveled on the school bus, he would often see him walk in the street. And then I had a third student who had a father who was in a mental institution and he was not allowed to see him. And that's when it clicked that they were grieving. And let me pause right here, Monique. Okay. Uh, back in 94, my mother died of cancer. I was 19 years old. I was a sophomore in college. And at the time, I did not talk to anyone either. It's not like no one ever reached out, no one ever tried. I just didn't want to. Because with my mindset at the time, I thought that if you still had your mother living, you wouldn't understand how I felt. Mm. So instead of communicating or talking it out, I kept a journal. Okay. So fast forward to 2007, I decided to turn my journal into a children's book. Wow. And with that, I discussed the times I shared with my mom. I also talked about her getting sick. And then I list three ways that I processed my mother's death that helped me. And those ways were crying tears of joy, writing, and talking about you with daddy so i explained to my uh class at the time once my book was published i read it to them i gave each of those three male students a copy and i educated them on what grief was because i taught in the inner city so they they were faced with all different forms of grief every day they just didn't know what they were experiencing and at the time i also educated myself because i always thought that grief related to death Mm. Grief does not. Grief is a huge change or loss that occurs within our life. So it could be 
a product of divorce. It could be a pet loss, mm -hmm. a big move, changing schools, health. You know, if you have sickness, if you can't use one of your limbs. Right. You know, grief comes in many forms. And so once I told them this, everybody's hand went up about what they've been experiencing. You know, mm -hmm. they gave me different mm -hmm. examples. Then we went into ways that can help them process their feelings in positive ways. So instead of coming in Dr. Gilbert's class acting out, what are some ways you can channel that negative energy? You can, one, talk to a trusted adult. Uh, two, you can sing. Mm -hmm. That's one way to release. You can write. Right. You can dance. You know, uh, for those of them who wanted to take up karate, mm -hmm. that's a great way to exert energy. So we discuss different ways to channel that negative energy into positive ways to cope with whatever they're dealing with. And um, from there, they got back on track. Wow. Because one, they saw how it affected me. Two, I let them know that I was human and that I experienced a big loss within my life. Mm -hmm. Three, how I dealt with it and I'm still here. You know, I didn't let that just take me over where I was acting out negatively. So um, they got back on track. They were smart students. That issue was just, that was suppressed, hindered them from uh, doing what they were supposed to do. So they got back on track and um, kept their grades up, and that was that. And from there, that's when I realized that was my God-given purpose because as I spoke about grief, I didn't get sad, I gained more compassion because I recognized that grief is not discussed in our homes as much as it should be. It was never discussed in my house. Was it discussed in your house? No, not at all. No, and so that's what, uh, that's what I know God has given me this mission to fulfill is to educate our youth on what grief is equip them with coping strategies, positive coping strategies, and empower them through. We can't keep ducking and dodging grief. We have to face it head on. We just have to know what to do as we process it. So that's what that situation in 2007 birthed the purpose and also my mission to create more resources pertaining with the niche to grief. Our schools don't have a lot of resources pertaining to grief and our kids and adults are faced with so much. So why not put resources in the places where they can read, uh, they can identify, relate to, and gain knowledge from? Wow, that's amazing, Dr. Gilbert. So let me ask you this. I know that you're in higher ed now, but I want to know, you know, for those who are listening, who maybe as you were talking, they said, well, wow, you know that I connect with that, you know, that resonates with me and I'm an adult. Do you do consulting or any counseling or one-on-one -on -one or in small group settings with adults? Yes, I don't turn anyone away. My focus is on the youth, ages 5 through 18 or 5 through 21, but I do talk to all ages. So, Dr. Gilbert, I know that your first book was Mama, Did You Mean to Leave So Soon? And you recently republished that book. And in that book, we get introduced to the main character, Latrell. And I know that this is loosely based on, on your story, correct? So in, in the new series, the Dear Grief series, we watched Latrell growing up and she's now in middle school. So tell me more about the Dear Grief series and what we can expect to see happen with Latrell in this particular series. Yes. So with Mama Did You Mean to Leave So Soon, 
that's more for ages K through fourth grade, right? That's a picture book. And Latrell is in fifth grade. That's where I wanted to start it. Well, with the Dear Grief series, they're chapter books. So book one, Latrell is going into sixth grade and she's starting school. This is the first year she's starting school without her mom. This is the first year everyone is adjusting to being a family of three versus four now. So you, I hone in on the dad raising two kids by himself. You know, he's trying to keep the same routine up so that it's not that much different, but they're still adjusting to their new normal. I included chapter questions to uh, open dialogue. So when I do PTA night or what have you, and parents come and pick up the book and want to purchase, that's a good time for them to read this book along with their child and also share any experiences they've uh, gone through and how they handled it and for them to discuss as a family those might not have been the best ways to handle their situation but this is a good time for them to discuss share with their child what they went through and also ask their child if there's anything that they would like to discuss I want to promote and I am promoting in these books open communication without judgment most of our youth don't open up because a they don't trust you two they don't think you may understand how they feel and three, they don't really understand how they feel. They know that something isn't right. They just don't know what. So the Dear Grief series is for YA young adult readers. So that's preteen. That's pretty much from 10 years old all the way up through adults. A lot of adults have read my books and get, given me great feedback on it. But book one, Latrell is in sixth grade. Book two, she's in seventh grade. And book three, she's going to be in eighth grade. And these books tackle prevalent issues that occur today. We talk about bullying. I even highlight the Wiggins family going to counseling because I wanted to spell a lot of myths. Going to counseling doesn't mean that you're crazy. Counselors specialize in different areas. God put counselors in place to help us process what we're going through in positive ways. So I wanted to highlight the Wiggins family going to grief counseling Latrell experiences bullying. There is a situation where her friends, Shawan and Chandler, they have their own grief that's going to be occurring. So grief comes in many forms. Remember I mentioned that earlier. So while Latrell and uh, Wiggins family experience grief by death, you have Chandler that's going to experience grief in another way. You have Shawan that's going to experience grief in another way. And I want to continue to give you different excerpts of what grief looks like because we don't all know what grief looks like all because we don't know exactly the whole definition that comes along with grief and so i did that on purpose so dr gilbert i have another question for you in terms of your series um i know that you're currently working on book three and that will be published soon but i want to know do you have any plans for tv or animation for either your first book or the dear grief series Yes, I do. That's one of my, animation is one of my long-term goals because it's very costly. Uh, from there, from the books, I would like to also, in addition to the animation, uh, develop a docu-series, something like Degrassi High. Are you familiar with Degrassi High? Definitely. So I would like to develop like a 30-minute docu-series um, with the niche on grief and also to discuss other prevalent issues that uh, take place today, like cyberbullying. Um, same-sex parents, mm. you know, things of that nature. But because 
grief is near and dear to my heart, that is what I'm going to start with first. So yes, I would like to do an animation series and I would also like to do a docu-series, 30 minute docu-series based on my books as well. So let's switch gears for a second, Dr. Gilbert. Um, I want to know outside of your faith in God, who or what inspires you to keep going? Because you know, um, many of us throughout our journey to purpose, we experience challenges and we experience things that are unexpected. And, you know, um, it, you have to have something to keep you going throughout your journey to purpose. And of course, as Christians, our faith in God is central to that. But outside of your faith in God, who or what inspires you to keep going and to continue to persevere to do what God has called you to do? Wow. So I would say first, uh, my dad. Uh, because I still have a parent living, I don't take that for granted. So I want to be, I want to make him proud, meaning I want to be the best daughter that I can be. Now, there's still some things I can improve upon, but I would say my dad inspires me to be a better person, a better daughter. My mom inspired me uh, to be a better self. She She always... Um, that my family calls me the career student. So my mom, <laughs> my mom always um, better herself educational wise. And I guess that's where I do get it from her. So she inspired me to be a better me, knowledge wise. My son inspires me to be a better person all around because I'm his first example as a woman, he inspires me to be a better mother, to be a better person all around because kids mimic what they see. Kids go and choose what they see at home. You know, mm -hmm. as they become an adult, they tend to choose people who mimic their mom or their dad. Right. You right. know, so I try to be cognizant of that. And lastly, I would say I'm inspired by our youth. I've, I've seen a lot of go-getters out there that think outside of the box that want to tap into entrepreneurship and they inspire me to keep going. You know, here we are supposed to speak into them. Most of them speaking to us and don't give up, you know, so I'm inspired by our youth. Um, I am inspired by my parents and I'm inspired by my son. What would you say is your favorite scripture, your favorite foundational scripture, your favorite um, scripture of encouragement, wisdom? What would you say is your favorite scripture? Or it could be your favorite scripture in this season of your life. What, what would that scripture be? I have several scriptures that I go in between. One is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, mainly because that was a scripture to check me. I found that I become impatient and I try to do things my way. When we tend to do things our way, it does not work, you know? So uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I, I gave up trying to do things my way. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I use that in everything, me trying to lose weight, me trying, <laughs> me trying to get through these chapters, because sometimes I can't jump into character like I wish I can every single week. Sometimes I have, I don't want to say writer's block, but sometimes I'm just not in that mood to jump into a certain character or to write at all. And so I speak over myself with this scripture. Then you have Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Uh, I said this a lot when I was in the classroom because I was like, Lord, I know, <laughs> I know 
you have plans for me and this is not it this is not where it right. ends lord this is not where it ends and then psalms 91 for protection i have that scripture turned in the middle of my kitchen table daily uh, I, I just i read it and i just love it for protection what would you say switching gears again what would you say is the best piece of advice that you have ever received as you were experiencing challenges, difficulties, or struggles throughout your journey to purpose? You know, Monique, I've learned that everyone who says they want to help doesn't necessarily want to help. Uh, they have other alternatives. And so I constantly ask God to increase my discernment. That's one of the uh, pieces of advice I would give. Ask God to increase your discernment before you go and indulge or tell someone who thinks they're, appears to be interested in what you're doing. You know, some people just want to take what you're doing and craft it for themselves. But know this, if God didn't give that to them, it's not going to work anyhow. You know, if he gave it to you, I, you have to trust the process. That's another thing. I trust the process. And I, that's note to myself as well. I, I want things to happen. Bam, 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 bam. No, trust the process. It's a process. And so that's one of the best, that's one of the advice I've learned for myself. And um, continuously ask God to increase your discernment about accepting invitations to speak somewhere. If it looks good, you know, pray about it. If someone comes into your space asking if or telling you they want to help, pray about he, him or her. You know, ask God to increase your discernment. So, Dr. Gilbert, I realize that I may have someone listening to this podcast who may be experiencing grief. And as you mentioned, grief comes in multiple forms. So I want to know what would you say to them right now, you know, regardless of the different stage where they may be in, in terms of their grief, what would you say to that listener right now um, about grief and about the grieving process? For one, I would say grief is a journey. It has no time limit and you're not crazy. What I would say is find a support group. Any and everything that we deal with, I don't care if it's a alcohol issue if it's a drug issue you notice those individuals have to seek treatment right but in addition to the treatment they have a support group they have a mentor to walk them through the same with grief you need to surround yourself with other individuals who have experienced a loss uh, that is your time to get questions answered that you may not have clarity on to help you process what you're hung up on and it helps you become unstuck. The key is not to become stuck in depression, stuck in frustration, stuck in angriness. So first you have to want to do better. If you're tired of feeling frustrated, if you're tired of feeling sad, if you're tired of feeling confused, seek a support group where you can vent or communicate openly with no judgment. I'm telling you, talking it out makes you feel so much better. I'm as one of the co-facilitators at Grief Share, and this particular time where I was attending, we had quite a few mothers in there whose sons were of homicides, and they hadn't spoken to anyone. And that was their first time just getting everything out. 
and they felt so much better and they came and kept coming and kept coming until they could just talk it out listen to others and get clarity and understand what they're what they're going to but they were processing it okay because they didn't want to become stuck in angriness or sadness that they felt before coming Dr. Gilbert, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It has really been a pleasure speaking with you about your journey to purpose. Um, if my listeners would like to get in contact with you or learn more about you, what is the best way for them to reach you? Well, I have um, my website is IamShaneeGilbert.com. That's IamShaneeGilbert.com, C-H-E-N-E-E-G-I-L-B-E-R-T dot com and i am on instagram you can follow the dear grief series instagram and my website you should baby there's a, a way to email me on my website and also on instagram feel free to shoot me a question through the dm this concludes the second episode of pursuing purpose the podcast i want to thank my special guest dr shanae l gilbert again for joining me and i want to thank you for tuning in if you know someone who needs to hear this episode i strongly encourage you to share it with them until next time i pray that you will continue to walk in purpose and be blessed